with his hand stretched out for pennies or for just a bite to eat. It's the story of a blind man who met Jesus on his way, and with the master's touch, the man looked up as the scoffers heard him say, Somebody touch me, somebody touch me, I was blind but praise his name, I now can see. And made him walk again And the master saw with pleasure He had labored not in vain Like the story of that crippled man I once was bound by sin But since the master came Oh, praise his name Thank God I now can say Somebody touch me Somebody touch me I was blind but praise his name I now can see Let's take our Bibles today. Take your Bible, if you would, and turn over to Romans chapter 16. Romans chapter 16. We're going to look at just verse 1 and 2. Romans chapter 16, verses 1 and 2. <clears throat> what a great song that is, isn't it? Yes. Somebody touched me. We know who that was. That was the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. That's, that's good. Amen. Romans chapter 16. And uh, verse 1 and 2 today. The Bible says, I commend unto you Phoebe, our sister, which is a servant of the church, which is at Chenchoria, that ye receive her in the Lord as become a saints, and that ye assist her in whatsoever business she hath need of you. For she hath been a secure of many and of myself also. 
Paul was arguably the greatest New Testament figure outside of Jesus Christ. I don't know that too many would argue that point. He started a number of churches and he wrote 13, if not 14, of the New Testament books. And in this particular passage, he is commending this woman, Phoebe. He's lifting her up. He's bringing her before the people and telling them to assist her, to help her, to to encourage her in the work that she's doing. You know, a lot of times there's a lot of emphasis put on the work that men do in the church. And there needs to be an emphasis for men. We need men in God's house. We need men to step up and be men. We need them to take leadership. We need them to, to be what God intends them to be. No doubt about that. And yet in our passage, we read about a woman by the name of Phoebe. God in no way, nor does he ever put down women, nor does God ever imply that women are invaluable, that they are not useful, that they don't have a supreme purpose in the work of the church. That's never been an issue. Some people have tried to say that Paul the Apostle was a male chauvinist pig, that somehow he hated women, that somehow he wanted to put women in their place, that he wanted to somehow make them subservient to men in the sense of, you know, put them under their thumb or under our foot. No, that's never, never been the case with God, nor has it been the case with the Apostle Paul. Paul, in, in, in a sense, elevates and lifts up ladies. And as a matter of fact, in this particular case, he takes Phoebe and he says, listen, I commend unto you, Phoebe. I lift her up. I want you to know who she is. She's a valuable commodity in the ministry. She's a valuable commodity in the cause of Christ. She is needed, necessary, and very valuable. And I think that's important to understand and note. And today I want to take a few moments, and I just want to look at this passage for just a minute, and I want to consider just a couple things. I want to look at the recommendation that is made on behalf of Phoebe, and then I also want to consider in the the, the end, before it's all said and done, I want to consider uh, the the, um, description of this woman. I mean, how she is described, how she appears in that sense, and what, what it means to be a Phoebe. So let's take a look at the passage in just a, for just a few moments uh, this morning as we move along. Let's pray. Father, we come to you. Lord, we thank you, Father, for just the passage you put before us. We thank you, Lord, for the privilege that we have to pray. Lord, we thank you for the privilege we have to be involved in the work of Christ. And Lord, we thank you that you use people just like us, men, women, boys and girls even. Lord, you are no respecter of persons. Lord, you truly will use us right where we're at. And, and Lord, if we'll just yield to you. Now, Lord, Phoebe was obviously a very special servant of yours. Help us now, Lord, to also understand what that means. And, Lord, to be that kind of servant like Phoebe. Lord, we love you. We need you. We'll give to you the glory and the honor. And, Lord, if there be any that are without Christ today, may they be saved before they leave here. We'll thank you in Christ's name. Amen. First of all, let's note the recommendation. The recommendation. Again, this is the Apostle Paul now. We're not just talking about some guy, you know, that just has a, uh, knows a few people. He's just, you know, come off the, you know, just woke up out of sleep, so to speak. Man, this guy's been living some life. He's been serving the master. He, he knows a number of servants, and he's going to commend this woman, Phoebe. He's going to recommend her. The word commend means to, to, to represent as worthy of notice, regard, or kindness, to speak in favor of, to recommend. That's what he's going to do here. She was obviously a very capable and competent woman, without a doubt. She, she probably was, had a tremendous amount of ability. She was headed to Rome, and she was on important business, 
of which nature we're not really sure. We don't know exactly what her nat- the nature of her business was. But we read over in the book of Romans, chapter 16, verse 27. We read over there, it says, um, oh, wait a second. I must have wrote down the wrong book. I'm sorry. I did write down the wrong book. I bet you it's in Corinthians. I'll take one stab at it. And if it's not there, I'm moving along very quickly here. I wrote it down wrong. Okay. I did write it down wrong. Anyway, we read over in a passage in chapter 16, verse 27, somewhere in the Bible. (coughs) That that Phoebe was carrying these letters, that that she's going to take them now to to the church at Rome. She's going to take them to the church at Rome. Can you imagine being entrusted, being entrusted with the, the Word of God like that? I mean, here's the Apostle Paul. He writes this letter to the church at Rome, and he sends Phoebe with it to, to deliver it. That's amazing. That's a, a huge responsibility, isn't it? And yet we see it appears that that is indeed the case. Now, either way, she is a, has a wonderful, shining recommendation from the Apostle Paul. I recently read a memo to the directors of a company, and it, it read like this. It said, memo to the director, subject, letter of recommendation. It goes on to say, Bob Smith, if that's your name, it's not indicative of you today. Bob Smith, an assistant programmer, can always be found hard at work in his cubicle. Bob works independently without wasting company time talking to colleagues. Bob never thinks twice about assisting fellow employees, and he always finishes given assignments on time. Often, Bob takes extended measures to complete his work, sometimes skipping coffee breaks. Bob is a dedicated individual who has absolutely no vanity in spite of his high accomplishments and profound knowledge in his field. I firmly believe that Bob can be classed as a high-caliber employee, the type which cannot be dispensed with. Consequently, I duly recommend that Bob be promoted to executive management and a proposal will be sent away as soon as possible. TLP Project Leader. That afternoon, however, that afternoon another memo was sent. Memo to the director again. Subject, letter of recommendation. Sorry about that earlier memo. Bob was reading over my shoulder as I wrote it. Kindly read every other line for my true assessment of him. Regards, TLP project leader. Well, let's do that for just a moment. Line one, Bob Smith, an assistant programmer, can always be found wasting company time talking to colleagues. Bob never finishes given assignments on time. Often Bob takes extended coffee breaks. Bob is a dedicated individual who has absolutely no vanity, excuse me, has absolutely no knowledge in his field. I firmly believe that Bob can be dispensed with. Consequently, I duly recommend that Bob be sent away as soon as possible. There's a big difference in those two recommendations, are there not? Phoebe, on the one hand, had the first, but unfortunately, sometimes in the service of God, there may be those that may fit the second. I don't know. I wonder today, would your husband, your wife, children, your employer, your pastor, the ministry leader that is over your ministry, would they be tempted to send the second letter to clarify the first? if you were standing over their shoulder when they gave the first recommendation? I mean, would you be that kind of employee? Would you be like Phoebe, where the first one would certainly fit the bill, where there would never be a concern? Or would you be the one where we'd have to write the second 
letter, so to speak. He says, I commend unto you Phoebe, our sister, which is a servant of the church, which is at Chenchuria. Now, we know that she was recommended highly by the Apostle Paul. But let's take a few moments now and not just look at a recommendation, but let's consider the description, her description, basically. Goes on to say, Phoebe, our sister, which is a servant. Phoebe, our sister, which is a servant. So we know, first of all, that Phoebe was their sister, was their sister. Now, that term doesn't mean biological sister, as used here in the Word of God. We're talking about this term as her in a place in the household of faith. She's a child of God. She is a sister in the faith, so to speak. In 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, the Bible says, Rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father, and the younger men as brethren, their elder women as mothers, the younger as sisters with all purity. The younger sisters. There's a possibility, a good one, that she was not really that elderly, that she was at least at some point somewhat of a younger lady. Now, I don't know what that means. I'm not even going to delve there. I'm not even going to try, ladies, to touch on that. Some of you would be offended. Somebody somewhere in that gamut would be offended probably. So I'm not going to touch there. But we get the impression that potentially she was a rather younger woman. And so we find here she's the sister. She, Paul's talking to Timothy. And again, he's, he's telling him there's a relationship here between those that are saved in the church. If you're saved today and you're in the church, you're part of Community Baptist Temple, then we're, we are brothers and sisters in Christ. Phoebe was a sister in Christ. And so she was a child of God. That's the first thing we note about her. She was saved. She was on her way to heaven. She knew Christ as her Lord and Savior. She had been included in the body of Christ. She had made a decision to accept his finished work on Calvary as her payment for sin. She had allowed the Lord Jesus' blood to be, effect, uh, to be applied to her life, and her sin was washed away. She was now in the family of God, had a home in heaven, and was guaranteed eternal life. Why? Because of her faith in the Lord Jesus. Do you have that kind of faith today? Have you placed your personal faith in Jesus Christ? If you have, then that makes you a sister in Christ or a brother in Christ. That's the way it is. And that's the relationship that Phoebe had with Paul the Apostle and others in the church. She was a sister in Christ. John chapter 1 verse 12 says, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Again, the relationship that we have with God changes the moment we trust Christ. We're no longer just his creation. Now, now we're his children. But what a blessing that is, isn't it? Amen. To know that we're the children of God. By faith in Christ Jesus. So this designation of sister identifies, identifies her place in the family of God. She's part of the church. She's part of the family of God even. Not just a local church, but she's part of God's family. Now, not only that, but we noted that she was not just a sister. She was a servant. And this is where we're going to spend the bulk of our time. Phoebe was a servant. What compelled the Apostle Paul to commend her so, so generously, so wonderfully? She was a servant. She was a servant. Now, the designation of servant of the church, according to the passage, implies a couple of things, doesn't it? Well, first of all, it implies or shares her intentions. Her intentions. And that's important. She was, she was simply a worker. A serv- she was a worker. She, she was not jockeying for position. She wasn't looking for preeminence. You know, in the book of Third John... Take your Bible, if you would, please, and turn over to 3 John 1, 9. 
That means you go toward almost the very end of your Bible, okay? There's John, the big book, and then there's three little ones, all written by the same person used by God to do that. Third John 1 9. <clears throat> John is speaking here. Notice what he goes on to say here. <clears throat> In third John 1 9, I wrote unto the church, but Diotrephes, who loved to have the preeminence among them, received us, receiveth us not. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? He loved to have the preeminence, this Diotrephes. So he would not receive them, John and others, into, his, into the church. Wouldn't receive them because he wanted the preeminence. What does that mean? He wanted to be elevated. He wanted the glory. He wanted the, the high position. He didn't want, he didn't want the John showing up and all the people going, man, that's John. Hey, look at John. He leaned on Jesus' breast. He, John, he's unbelievable. And John was unbelievable, wasn't he? And if John walked in the door today, we'd especially say that. He ain't been around for a while. But even if he had, even if we lived back then, the fact is, is that we'd go, there's John. I got a question to ask John. I want to talk to him about Jesus. I want to hear what he's got to say. I would. I would be going crazy. I'd be like, clear out, pastor privileges. I want to talk to John. And you'll know Diotrephes didn't like the idea of his people getting fired up about old John. Hey, you get fired up about me. I'm the man of God around here. He won the preeminence. So he wouldn't receive him. Phoebe, Phoebe though. She, on the other hand, was satisfied just to be a humble servant. She was content to just get the job done on behalf of Christ. <clears throat> she had no goals of being elevated or magnified or glorified. She just wanted to be a servant. As a servant, she wasn't waiting for a pat on the back or to be given an award. She wasn't concerned about what could be gained for her or what could be given to her. <clears throat> she just was a servant. <clears throat> During World War II, England needed to increase its production of coal. Winston Churchill, he called together labor leaders to enlist their support. At the end of his presentation, he asked them to picture in their minds a parade which he knew would be held in Piccadilly Circus after the war. First, he said, would come the sailors who had kept the vital sea lanes open. Then come the soldiers who had come home from Dunkirk and then gone on to defeat Rommel in Africa. And then would come the pilots who had driven the Luftwaffe from the sky. Last of all, he said, would come a long line of sweat-stained, soot-streaked men in miners' caps. Someone would cry from the crowd. And they said, and, and where were you during the critical days of our struggle? Where were you? And from 10,000 throats would come the answer, we wore deep in the earth. We were deep in the earth with our faces to the coal. These men who had dug the coal out of those mines may never have been seen, never heard of until the parade. But along the line of that parade, where were you? We never saw you in the battle. We never heard of you in the fray. Ours were the ones whose faces were to the coal who kept 
the war going. Not all the jobs in a church are prominent and glamorous. But those positions and those people and those servants who put their faces to the coal are just as responsible for the success of a ministry as anyone else. There's no doubt that Phoebe, based on this recommendation that the Apostle Paul made, that she had somehow risen to some rank among the believers. There's no doubt of that. I mean, obviously, to have the privilege of carrying a letter, potentially carrying a letter for the Apostle Paul to a church, I mean, that's, that's big time. However, the implication is that she never lost her face-to-the-coal attitude. She was always just simply a servant. She never allowed her rank, she never allowed her recognition to cause her to forget her true position. And that true position was that of a servant. In Mark chapter 10, verse 44, turn there if you would please. We see the wonderful words of our Lord Jesus Christ in reference to this aspect of being a servant. In Mark chapter 10, verse 44, we begin reading... And whosoever of you will be the chiefest shall be servant of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister, and to give his life a ransom for many. Wow. Isn't that something? The Lord Jesus Christ himself says that I came and to give my life a ransom for all. I didn't come to be ministered to. I came to minister. If anyone should be ministered to, if anyone should be... Uh, pampered, if anybody should be showered upon with praise and glory and, and given all the best of everything that the world has to offer, it'd be the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet he says, I didn't come to be ministered to, I came to minister. And if our Heavenly Father, if our Lord Jesus Christ, if the God, the Creator of the universe, could step down from heaven and take His place on this fallen world in which we live and serve us, we certainly can serve Him. Servants, servants of God, servants like Phoebe, have no ambition for power or preeminence or promotion. They simply are content and satisfied to serve God and the church. God's going to honor those kind of intentions, don't you think? I believe He will. And I do often believe He honors them not just in eternity, but He often honors them on earth as well, in the sense of even Phoebe. I wish I could say that at one point in my ministry I had the privilege of carrying literally one of the parchments of the Word of God to a people and sharing it with them. Now, fortunately, I can carry the whole book, and so can you. But the reality is what a privilege that would have been. Number two, not only we see her intentions, but we see her investment. Serving always requires an investment. It always does. It implies great effort. It implies great energy. She spent a lot of time, I'm sure, in the work and at the work. She had to rise up early, I'm sure. She had to stay up late in an attempt to provide and to care for the church and the needs represented in the lives of those of that particular church body. There is a level of personal sacrifice ingrained 
in that word servant. To be a servant implies that there is personal sacrifice being given. That's all there is to it. No one can honestly claim the title of a servant if they are not sacrificing their personal comforts and self. You say, I'm, I'm a servant. What does it cost you? Well, I... Let me think. You got to think that long? You probably don't qualify. If you'd have said to Phoebe, what it cost you? She's like, oh, it's no cost at all. It's a privilege. Yeah, I know, but what's it cost you? Let's really talk business. I'm sure she'd have had a few things like that. She could have said, well, I had to give up this particular thing, and I, I had to surrender that, and, and I couldn't go here, and I had, I'll guarantee you. Phoebe earned the respect of her fellow saints because of her tireless effort and endless attempts to, as the Bible says, to secure them, those within her reach. I tell this particular story constantly. I love it. It's one of my favorites. But again, years ago at the Salvation Army, they were holding that international convention and their founder, William Booth, General Booth, they called him, couldn't attend because of some physical problems that he was having. He was he cabled a wire. He sent a letter, if you will, by over the wire, they call it in that day, to the, to the convention. And when they opened the letter before those people, when ultimately they shared William Booth's, General William Booth's wire, it had only one word in it, others. People were very disappointed at first, and then they caught it. They figured it out, others. That's what he was about. That's what they ought to be about. And that's what the Lord Jesus Christ was about, others. And you know what? That's what Phoebe was about. She was a servant. She was about others. And boy, that's so important and that's so significant. In Philippians 2, 4, the Bible says, Look not every man on his own things, but every man on, also on the things of others. Yes, there are some responsibilities that you have. Certainly there are things that need to be accomplished and handled and dealt with in your life. The Bible doesn't say, Neglect your own personal things. Let not every, look not every man on his own things, but every man also, also. On, so yeah, you, you definitely have to pay your bills before you pay someone else's in the sense that you got to make sure you're, you're wise in your money, you're, you're faithful in your tithing and your giving. You got to make sure that you've got everything in order in your house, financially, your wife, your family, so forth. But hold on a second. Don't just think about you, he's saying. Realize that you also need to care for the things of others. That means that there'll be times that we will sacrifice in our own lives, in our own marriages, in our own homes for the sake of others. Oh, we'll take care of our business, but let's just be honest. There are a lot of things we don't really need that we just want, and sometimes those wants keep us from helping others. I really wish I could help some others. I just don't have time. I just don't have the money. I just don't have the energy. I just don't have the wherewithal. Really? Do you do anything for yourself? He says, by all means, do for yourself. But don't forget to do for others also. That's all. Include others. And that's what Phoebe did. I believe that Phoebe could be summed up with one word, others. That's why she was so loved. That's why she was so unique. That's why she was so special. Her eyes were on others. To be a servant in the church, others. 
Phoebe didn't, I'm sure Phoebe did not do this. I, I don't believe Phoebe looked at certain people and said, I'll serve them, but I won't serve them. I, I don't think she did that. Her service wasn't personality-based, wasn't personality-biased. She directed her service to the body. She served in any capacity possible. She served any person possible, anyone or anything, as necessary, as needed. You know, that's how the Lord Jesus did it, didn't he? He said he's no respecter of persons. I'm glad today that when he looked down from heaven, he didn't go, man, I'll tell you what, I'll sacrifice my life, my blood, my body for all of them but him. I'm glad he didn't do that. I mean, if he, if he just would, would dress a little bit differently, if he'd just act a little bit differently, if he'd just uh, talk a little bit differently, if, if he'd just have a different outlook in life, then I would be willing to sacrifice for him. But, nah, he didn't do that. You know what? He didn't do that when he looked at you either. Thank God that the Lord Jesus Christ is no respecter of persons. And you know what? That's how Phoebe was. Phoebe looked at everyone in the church and went, man, if there's a need, I'll do my best to meet it. I'll do what I can to help everybody. I'm not going to be biased. I'm not going to be uh, somehow uh, looking at, oh, well, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to get too close to that particular situation. Oh, boy, I don't know. The he or she's just not, oh, wasn't like that. We need to be servants. The investment that she made had to be tremendous. Tremendous. Phoebe was a great supporter, obviously, of the leadership in her church. Let's face it, she had to have been. Paul would have never entrusted her a letter. Paul would have never given her such opportunity if he didn't trust her. God help us to be trusted by our leadership. Trusted. She was one of the greatest supporters of that ministry. She's one of the greatest friends to the Apostle Paul and to others. She visibly supported the program. She visibly supported the leadership. She was always encouraging others to do the same. Paul says, assist her, Phoebe that is, in whatsoever business she hath need of you. Wow. For she hath been a secure of many, and of myself also. That word secure, he that affords relief, a helper, a deliverer. You help Phoebe, a sister, whatever business she has need of you. Sounds to me like she's doing some pretty important work then. I mean, I'll just be honest with you. And we say this, obviously, we need, as we said earlier, we need godly men. Men that will stand up and take leadership. But what would we do without the women in the church? What would we do? God says he needs all of us. We're all very, very important. We all fit. We all have a purpose and a, a position and a plan. Phoebe had helped Paul and the other saints as well. She'd come to their aid. It appears that she had met their physical needs, that she had stepped in and made a big difference in their life, spiritually even. James chapter 2, verse 15 and 16. The Bible says, If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food. We got some brothers and sisters. We got some. 
If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? What good you be warmed and filled? Well, I was kind to them. I was considerate of them. Really? They're starving. Notice it's a brother or sister. I'm going to draw the line in the sand. That didn't say the lost. In this particular case, he's talking about helping those that are in the family. Brothers and sisters. Sometimes the world gets the idea that the church's job is to take care of them. We're to take care of each other. I'm not saying that we don't have a place in meeting the needs of others in, a, in hopes of drawing them to Christ, using that as a tool. But there's a responsibility of believers to be there for believers. That, that's not, you know, if you, get, you feel like it, do it. No, no. If you know somebody that literally doesn't have food on the table, whether they got hurt at work, whether they've lost their job, whatever it is, now obviously there comes a point where you can create your own problems, but somebody legitimately is without. Man, the Bible's saying we as brothers and sisters, just to say be warmed and filled isn't getting it done. We've got to step in, do what we can. We can't do everything. Maybe we can do what we can do. And can I encourage you to do this? This is just a little bit on on the side here a little bit. Be careful about giving everybody your leftovers. I'm not talking about food either. It's an amazing thing, and I'm just going to say it, okay? Stuff shows up at the church sometimes, and, and, and sometimes it's really nice stuff, sometimes it's really junky. Don't bring your junk to give to somebody else. You say, well, they're just lucky to have anything. Okay, put yourself in their position. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to be mean or nasty. And, and, and by the way, we don't have a clothing closet yet. We don't have anything like that. So really, we really don't have anywhere to store clothes. I'm just going to tell you that, okay? If you bring clothes here, there's a good chance, I'm just going to be honest with you, they're going to end up somewhere else because we don't have anywhere to store stuff here. If you've been in back, you know that's where our storage is. I'm, I'm just letting you know now, okay? So be careful what you give us. Make sure you check with somebody before you bring stuff and just leave it back there because we don't know what it is and we're like, what's all this junk? Can, can I say it like that? Because we don't know what it was. Nobody told us. And we're like, what? What's, what is that junk back there? And we go, and we, oh, it's clothes. Wow, that's cool. But who's going to get them? What are we going to do with them? little note says, give them away. Okay. If we can't find somebody like that, we're going to have to do something with them because we can't keep stacking them up. I'm not moving them when we go to the carousel. Tell you that much. Somebody says, you are so insensitive. You're so terrible. How about we drop them off in your garage? I'll tell you, we'll just do that from now on, okay? We'll, tell it, we'll give everybody your address and have them drop them off at your place, and then when we're ready to move over to the carousel, we'll have you bring them over. You say, that's crazy. That's stupid. Thank you. Okay. All right, I'm sorry. I was just trying to be a little practical for a change. But we need to be careful. So all I'm saying is a little side note. Man, listen, if you've got somebody that needs a pair of shoes and yours are wore out and got a hole in them, don't give them that pair. Go get them something halfway decent. That's all I'm saying. Think about people and what their needs are and, and, and show them, hey, listen, God's been so good to me. Let me be good to you. Now, I have some clothes that are really good shape still. I got some that are really bad shape. So there's a difference, okay? And I've given away some of my good stuff and I've went and bought some stuff. And I know you do the same thing. Just a little piece of maybe encouragement there. Okay, now, her influence. 
Let's talk about her influence for just a moment before we close. Because Phoebe was so respected, she had a lot of influence. When people are respected, they have influence. Um, Relationships cause people to want to be with you. And that's good. That's a good thing. Respect causes people to want to be influenced and empowered by you. You can have a a relationship with someone, and they're going to want to be with you. But if you want to influence people, you need their respect. Phoebe had the respect of the Apostle Paul. She had the respect of the church and the people. She had a respect because she had left herself out there. She had put herself out there on so many occasions. And people went, man, there is a servant of God. There is somebody that loves Jesus Christ and loves the work of God and yields and gives themselves wholeheartedly. And they earned, she earned their respect. And therefore, she had tremendous influence in their lives. I have a hard time with names, but psychiatrist Ari Keeve, I believe it is, summed it up this way. If you wish others to respect you, you must show respect for them. Everyone wants to feel that he counts for something and is important to someone. Invariably, people will give their love, respect, and attention to the person who fills that need. Consideration for others generally reflects faith in self and faith in others. So when you believe in people, when you care about them and trust them, they know it. And that respect inspires them to want to follow your lead. If there is something that we need in the church of Christ today, it is a family of people who have earned the respect of their co-workers, earned the respect of their school mates, earned the respect of their families. And those people say, man, I have watched their life. I've seen them. They care about me and they care about others and they, they, they respect people and they, they meet needs in lives. And man, I tell you what, there's something unique about them. Something different. That was Phoebe. That was Phoebe. This morning, it all begins as we said a couple weeks ago at the cross of Christ. It starts with Jesus. If, if we're trying to be something contrary to our flesh, then we can't do that without supernatural touch. Right. Amen. In order to be a selfless person, you cannot be selfish. And may I say that it is natural for we humans to be selfish. That is our nature. If you want to be the kind of person like Phoebe, a giver, not just from time to time when it's convenient, not just when you feel that it's uh, in your best interest, but the kind of person that is described by Christ, a servant of the church, a servant in the work of God, a servant to a ministry that ultimately will yield reward long past your life here on earth. You're going to need the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. And that begins with a relationship with Christ. You've got to come to Him. You must receive and accept Him. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. The truth is we're all walking dead men before we come to Christ. We're just flesh and bones. But one day when we met the Master, 
He breathed into us life everlasting. We are saved eternally. We're alive forever. Now, I know we're going to live forever in one place or the other, but the Bible calls those that are without Christ dead in trespasses and sins. Be alive in Christ today. If you've yet to trust Him, do not leave here dead in your sin. Leave here alive in Christ. But then, will we be that servant that Phoebe was? Will we take the time to earn the recommendation of others? Will we put forth the effort? Will we place ourselves in a position where others will see Christ in us through our service and our actions and our attitudes? That's a decision we make. I'm glad that the Lord put Phoebe in the Word of God. I'm glad that He shared her with us. Because she's an example of what a servant ought to be in the body of Christ. May we be that kind of servant today. Father, we come to you. We thank you, Lord, for the privilege that we've had.